Good morning. Welcome. Glad to have you with us. It is uh, seven minutes after the hour. An intriguing murder case. We'll cover that in about 20 minutes. Uh, this is uh, a woman who uh, shot and killed her husband uh, while he was in the hospital. But there is a bit of a moral dilemma. It's not as simple as it sounds. We kick off this segment of the program with Dr. Murray Sabrin, probably my favorite economist. Uh, and uh, he is a, a letter at, at, at Substack, and it, it's kind of interesting. What should an adult learn by the time they're in their late teens? And uh, the question, the, the answer, I guess, is uh, learn to recognize Bravo Sierra. Uh, all adults need one important skill by the time they reach adulthood. If you have it, your life has been more successful than other adults who have not mastered it. I'm talking about having a Bravo Sierra detector. We can't say the other, the actual word. Murray, welcome. How are you? I'm doing great, Gary. It's um, beautiful sunshine here in southwest Florida, and um, it looks like a winter has passed us by. Darn. <laughs> I, I know you're heartbroken about that. Uh, you you miss that, uh, the northeast and, and the snow and the cold and the shoveling and the... Well, the good thing is I don't have to... Sh we weren't shoveling for quite a number of years because we uh, lived in a co-op and we had a staff that took care of the, uh, the, the uh, sidewalks and the driveways and all that. And then when we lived in a private home, we uh, hired a contractor who did our lawn service and also did our snow plowing. So, well, we didn't have to deal with that. But I'll tell you, living in the Northeast or the upper Midwest where it gets to uh, wind chill temperatures uh, zero or below zero uh, at uh, this stage of my life, uh, th that's nothing I want to deal with anymore. So we decided to move to Florida, and um, we're just basking in the sunshine when we can get out. I've been so busy writing, doing interviews. Uh, it's just uh, gratifying to be in a place where you don't, uh, you're not handcuffed by the government. <laughs> by the way, just as an aside, because we're, we happen to be talking about this, uh, AccuWeather has this uh, New York City snow drought nears all-time record. And I, I always, I'm always amused by these things. Uh, they'll say, uh, you know, it's a record uh, hot day, and you find out in 1973 it was a degree colder than it is. <laughs> and it's like, well, what made it so hot back then? But here it is. Uh, while the city has gotten cold enough for snow throughout this winter season, and some flurries have been spotted, uh, the most this city has recorded at its official location in Central Park is a trace of snow, which occurred as recently as January 14th. But a trace amount of snow doesn't count as measurable snowfall. And there's this whole thing about how terrible it's 321 days. Uh, the longest snowless streak was 332 days, and that ended in 2020. So that's, uh, what, two, three years ago. Uh, they're nearing the, re uh, the record for the longest stretch, Without snow uh, in more than a, a, a trace, uh, the last, the latest date on record, January twenty ninth, in nineteen seventy three. It's like what, what you're making it sound like this has never happened before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What happens, Gary? Is people uh, mistaken. Um Cl uh, weather for climate. Weather is the day-to-day -day ups and downs of temperatures and uh, uh, precipitation and wind. And climate is what we experience uh, in, in the uh, northern uh, part of the country in four seasons. Some places have more, uh, less than that, but uh, uh, down here in the southeast, uh, you basically have... Uh, 
two, three seasons, and in Florida, it's basically one season. Uh, well, actually, two seasons. It's hot and hotter. That's basically the, yeah. season that, the season that you have down here. I mean, right now, we're in the dry season, so we haven't had uh, much rain in the last uh, month or so. So um, it's no big deal. It happens uh, occasionally, and so we move on and, uh, and enjoy life as best we can. Now, you guys have hot and humid. Uh, those are the two seasons for you, hot and humid. <laughs> Uh, what adults uh, should learn by the time they're in their late teens? And um, as I'm reading your piece at Substack, um, I see this uh, reference to George Santos, among other uh, things. Uh, g- give me an idea. And, and we, of course, have to, can't use the word that uh, you described. Uh, right. but give me an idea what's going through your mind here in this column. Well, uh, I read Peggy Noonan's column in the... Um in uh, the Wall Street Journal over the weekend, and she said Santo should resign because he's such a liar. Well, uh, he called, he claimed he was just embellishing his um, life story and um, and resume. Well, uh, that's lying. I mean, you're not telling the truth. The, the, the difference between uh, BS and uh, lying is the lying is deli- deliberate deception. Embellishment is um, uh, you, you're trying to prove more than you really accomplished or, uh, or didn't accomplish. And so that could be a lie also. The question is, the magnitude of the lie and um, we know that uh, Joe Biden has been lying through his teeth throughout his whole political career and uh, he doesn't get called on the carpet for it he did get called on in 1988 when he was running for president and he dropped out of the race because he plagiarized uh, an English um, uh, politician's uh, speech but uh, the last few years, he's been lying through his teeth about his son, his relationship with his son and the son's Hunter's relationship with uh, uh, Ukraine and China and all that. And so uh, we've got to get to the bottom of this. Of uh, Is the president um, honorable, transparent, and honest? And the answer is no from everything that's been reported so far. And, so, uh, and then you have Adam Schiff, who the same and last weekend, the Wall Street Journal said he's uh, uh, the congressman of disinformation. He's the one that started the whole... Uh, Trump-Russian uh, uh, collusion hoax, and that caused uh, the the, uh, uh, the House to have both for impeachment. So he wasted the American people's time and money and effort uh, in order to per- perpetuate um, not only BS, but the, one of the biggest lies in American history. And so uh, she, I don't think she called him to resign or any of the other Democrats that uh, c- continued harped on um, uh, Trump's so-called relationship with uh, Russia. So, again, Gary, we're old enough to have seen this gone throughout our lifetime. Johnson lying about um, about the Gulf of Tonkin incident uh, that got us into the, uh, the pretext of the Vietnam War. Uh, the Bush... Um, the two Bush administrations basically lying to us to get us into involved in wars in, in the Mideast. And so uh, this has been going on throughout uh, our lifetimes, and it's time for it to stop because uh, right now if we send tanks to uh, Ukraine, which the Biden administration will probably announce today, and uh, where does this lead to? Is it, does that mean American troops will be manning the tanks because they're pretty sophisticated tanks from what we know? And so uh, we're, we're getting closer and closer to a direct confrontation with Russia, which uh, which is just uh, not what the American people want. I mean, uh, Russia is not a threat to us. Uh, they've got to work out the uh, with the Ukraine what's going on there. But the politicians keep on lying to us, and I don't know why the American people are not um, upset, up in arms, um, so to speak, about the, the constant lies and BS that comes out of Washington D.C. I think they're not upset because they don't know. I literally, well, this- I don't think they know. They. 
If you look at uh, articles in the Wall, uh, not the Wall Street, oh well, even the Wall Street Journal, the uh, the uh, reporters lean a little left. Uh, the editorial page may not be as far left, but uh, if you look at Washington uh, uh, Post, uh, New York Times, um, ABC, NBC, CBS, they're never getting the whole story. This this is why journalism has really become a political arm of the federal government. And uh, uh, growing up in the in the fifties and sixties, I loved watching the news at night because it was, from my perspective as a youngster, pretty objective. They gave you the facts: who, what, when, and where. I mean, that, that that's the way you report the news. Instead, they they leave out a lot of things. I stopped watching the national news. I used to watch it constantly at six thirty in the evening. I stopped watching it because they never were reporting honestly about COVID and the vaccines and all the other uh, issues that were out there. And so as an academic, you want to hear as many sides as possible to every issue to make up your own mind. Instead, we get this one-sided view of every single issue, whether it's the economy, whether it's trade issues, whether it's the Federal Reserve, uh, whether it's uh, our intervention overseas. Uh, there's a party line. And we basically, as I point out in my Substack column, we don't have a two-party system. We have basically a Washington party that uh, basically agrees on the fundamental issues, which is the welfare state and the warfare state. Um, it, it, by the way, uh, you can read uh, Murray's uh, columns, uh, Murray Sabrin, S-A-B-R-I-N dot substack dot com. But I, if I sign up um, and become a paid subscriber, I get an autographed copy of your book? Absolutely. Just send me your address and uh, you'll get an autographed copy of the book. And... Um I think uh, what I want to do w with this book is to just inform the American people about what's going on, how I, my political journey, my political philosophical journey from the 1960s to uh, the time I became the Libertarian Party candidate for governor in 1997 was a journey over several decades of how my ideas were shaped by the people uh, whose articles and books I read and uh, the events that unfolded before our eyes between the Vietnam War, the Great Society programs, the assassinations in the 60s, uh, and all the other things that occurred in our lifetimes and how that shaped my view of the world and why I, I concluded more than 50 years ago that the libertarian philosophy is the underlying philosophy of the country and that's the way we should be governed with limited government, with personal responsibility, with free enterprise, with a non-interventionist foreign policy. And these are core principles that are um, common sense. They're not, quote, ideological um, they're based upon how we should organize ourselves to get the best possible outcomes, which is what? Peace and prosperity. All right. I'm, I'm running out of time here. But before I go, tell me what author most influenced you? Oh, there's no question about it. Murray Rothbard, who was a member of my dissertation committee, I first became acquainted with his work in, a, uh, in an op-ed he wrote in September 1971 after Nixon did wage price controls and the title of the article, The, uh, the President's Economic Betrayal. And uh, it caught my eye when I was flying home from Italy. Somebody was reading the New York Times, and I said, i got to read this article. And I read the article, and that was basically my second uh, exposure to Rothbard. There was an article about libertarianism in the New York Times Sunday Magazine earlier that year that mentioned Rothbard as one of the uh, key libertarian philosophers in America. And then I started reading more and more, and everything started coming together for me in the early 70s. And um, all the material that I read, Henry Hazard, Ludwig von Mises, Hayek, 
um, uh, Joe Salerno, uh, Hans Hoppe, Lou Rockwell, Ron Paul, Tom Woods. I mean, the list goes on and on of people that have in, have such insight about American politics, American history, economics, finance, that uh, now I'm applying those ideas in, in my writings, in uh, Substack and in my books. You know, once your eyes are opened, it's really hard to close them again. Uh, oh. Oh, there's no question about it, because, um, as they say, the truth shall set you free. But more importantly, uh, this is about understanding about how the world works and, and who are the people who are promulgating or proposing these policies. And why are they doing so when the evidence is so clear for, for more than for about 200 years? We've had analysts pointing out how interventionism, government intervention in the economy and overseas is, does not work, does not achieve the, the stated aims of the people who are doing the intervention. And so um, uh, for anyone who has an open mind, you read all the material that's posted free at Mises.org, M-I-S-E-S.org, there are wonderful articles and podcasts, and you can immerse yourself uh, in, in a few months and get the whole picture of, of how libertarian ideas are quintessential American ideas, and it's been corrupted, unfortunately, by both Republicans and Democrats, uh, and Republicans who claim to be free market people and limited government people have not shown that in their policies over my lifetime. I couldn't say it better. Dr. Murray Sabrin, thank you for being with us this morning. Thank you so much, uh, Gary, and look forward to it again. All right, we'll talk later. In the meantime... We've got a murder mystery. Well, it's not a mystery. We It is a cold... It is... It's a murder. A woman went in the hospital and shot her husband to death. We'll give you some details next on The Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. It's uh, 24 minutes after the hour. Let me tell you a story about the Gillens. Uh, apparently, Mr. Gillen was terminally ill. And was in the hospital. And his wife went in the hospital, went in the, in the room, and shot him and killed him. Ellen Gilland is 76 years old. She was arrested for shooting her husband, who was 77. That would be Jerry Gilland. As he lay dying in a hospital bed in Daytona Beach, Florida. She appeared in court, stood quietly while Judge uh, Jolly read the charges against her and then denied her bond. Based on the nature of the charge, Ms. Gilland, I'm going to hold you no bond on the murder charge and uh, remaining charges. Daytona Beach Police were called to the Advent Health Hospital on Saturday around 11.30 in the morning. And they found Ellen had shot Jerry with a single bullet and locked herself in the hospital room. They announced a <clears throat> code silver in place, and that was when everything became real, according to Dr. Uh, Horenstein. One of the doors banged open. The nurse came in screaming like, this is not a drill. She was semi-hysterical. The doctors said that he and two others hid in a closet in the emergency room for an hour and a half. Took nearly four hours before police used a flashbang and a taser to get Ms. Gilland to drop her gun. 
She was never, they said, considered a danger to anyone else and that no staff or patients were injured during the incident. The Gillens had planned the shooting as a murder-suicide weeks before. Um, Daytona Beach police uh, told the local media this was, this was their plan. They had a conversation about it, and they planned this approximately three weeks ago, that if he continues to take a turn for the worse, that he wanted her to end it. The police chief added that it was unclear how Gillen smuggled the gun into the hospital, but that it didn't appear the hospital had metal detectors. Tough situation where her husband's terminally ill, so she was already in a depressed state, just based on her husband being terminally ill and knowing that the end was near. Uh, he was planning to kill himself, but he became too weak to pull the trigger. So she's in the Huskow. The question is, what do you do with a 76-year-old woman who, at the behest of her husband, killed him? Do you give her life in prison? What would that be? Three years? Four years max? Can you let her off the hook? Say, uh, you know, he wanted this done. She's old. She's not a threat to society. Give her probation. What do you do with 76-year-old Ellen Gilland? 874-9390. 800-529-5572. Or go to GaryNolan.com, send me a message. I, um, I can understand, you know, they're, they've reached that age. He doesn't want to suffer. Uh, he wants, because he's going to die shortly anyway, he just doesn't want to continue down that path. How do, you, how do you handle it? What do you do with her? How do you punish her? Do you punish her? Imagine you're the judge. You've got this 76-year-old woman, and you understand it's clear this is what he wanted. And what she did was at his behest. And you now have to sentence her. What do you do with her? You're the judge. 874-9390-800-529-5572. Do you, do you lock her up for life? Uh, they got the death penalty in Florida. God, I hope nobody wants to do that. Uh, but they do have the death penalty in Florida. But she's 76. How many years could she have left? Not a lot. So... I'm kind of up in the air about this. If, if I'm the judge and I have proof positive that this is what he wanted, I think I'm inclined to give her probation. Not because I think she's going to go out and whack other senior citizens at, at their behest. I don't think that would happen. just strikes me that she loved her husband, was willing to sacrifice the rest of her life so that he didn't have to suffer. 
You're listening to The Gary Nolan Show. It's the Zimmer Radio Network. This is The Gary Nolan Show. It is uh, 1035. Glad to have you with us. Uh, A&W Root Beer. <laughs> we'll, t- we'll tell you what they're up to later. That's so silly. How do you find these things, Hanson? Oh, they just come up. You know. Oh, Lord. All right. I- we'll, we'll, we'll get into A&W Root Beer and their stupidity uh, in, in, in a few minutes. Uh, but right now, we're talking about a, 76, a 76-year-old woman. Her name is Ellen Gilland. If you just turn the radio on, she uh, had a husband who was dying in the hospital. And he wanted her to euthanize him, essentially. She went in and shot him at his behest. It was going to be a murder-suicide. But he wanted her to do this. Now, I my question is, if you're the judge, what do you do with this 76-year-old woman? If you know for a fact, you're the judge and you know that this is what he wanted and she did it, do you put her in prison? I'm thinking I would not. I literally, I would not. Uh, maybe you think I'm, I'm soft on crime. Maybe I am. I don't know. But I'm thinking this is what he wanted. This is what she did. If I know that to be the fact then unless I'm handcuffed by law, I'm just going to give her probation because I don't think she's a threat. I don't think she's going to go out and whack a bunch of other septuagenarians and octogenarians and other old folks. And now I have a question for you. Um, I'm on the same page as you are as far as uh, probation. But when a uh, terminally ill patient comes in and you know they're going to die within a week, and if the the patient says, Doc, I know I'm going to die, just I can't take the pain. And the doctor says, okay, we'll take care of you. And they turn up the morphine drip. Are they charged with murder? No, they're probably not charged with murder. But I'm, I'm sure that, uh, you know, the, the federal government regulates how much they can give you. They can help it. Um and and they shouldn't be. I mean, if the, if if you know for a fact this is what somebody wants, especially at her age, I mean, for crying out loud, what is she a threat to society? I don't think so. Let me find out what Rick thinks. I'll go to the phones here. Uh, Rick, where are you calling from? Hallsville. Hey, well, what do you think, Rick? What do you, what do you do? You're the judge. Okay, I'm going to send her to a mental hospital for an evaluation. And I'm going to look at the picture of her family, her children. If I release her, is there family members willing to accept the responsibility and care she's going to need? And that would weigh in on whether after her mental evaluation, if I decided that maybe she needed to be sent to a nursing home where yeah, they let's care assume- for Let's assume, Rick, that she is in command of her faculties and just a 76-year-old great-grandmother who did what her husband wanted. And you know that this is what he wanted. We're not, we're not, we're taking away that element of, gee, do we know? And she did it for him. What do you do with her? 
if her family accepts the responsibility of her care, yes, I'll release her on probation. But if there's no one to watch over her, I would have to confine her. Why? Because she's 76 and she has pulled a trigger. And if there's even a thought that she might also be Alzheimer's or dementia. Yeah, we already uh, cleared that up. She's in command of her faculties. You think she's going to go out and whack other seniors, huh? uh, We have to protect the public. All right, so that means you think she's going to go out and and, uh, perhaps do that again. All right. Absolutely. Rick, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Wow, that was a long way. John is on, and uh, John, good morning. How are you? Good morning, sir. How are you? I, too, am well. Where are you from? Uh, Brookline. Uh-huh. So what do you do? You're, it's it's uh, Judge John, and again, we know she's in command of her faculties. We know that her husband wanted to die. She went into the hospital, pulled the trigger. What do you do with her? I got you. Listen, uh, the law says that you're not, it's against the law to murder somebody. Yes, she's 76 years old. You don't know whether she's going to live another 20 years. You know, but uh, you can't let her go. You can't, you know, you know, people are going to see this. Oh, I can, I can, I can kill this person. I'm old and uh, they're not going to do anything. So you got to do something. I would say, you put her in, you know, these uh, minimum security prisons where they send all the all the financial uh, crime people. You, you know, you got to put her something somewhere, uh, but you just can't gloss over it because that's what you're doing. You're glossing over it, and uh, you know, you're sort of excusing it because she's old. We're we're going after uh, a Nazi criminals still. Who are 90s. Yeah, but they committed a crime against people who, you know, who were not asking for it. Gotcha. She, on the other hand, out of an act of love. people. She, in an act of love, did what her husband wanted her to do. Yeah, well. Now, I would, she's got to go somewhere. She just can't be, uh, you know, let out of, you know, out of of the courtroom and uh, excused for it because she's old. Put her in the Huskow. All right. John, thank hey, you for I the call. I got a question for you. Yeah. One question for you. Yeah. Uh, is the subject of DirecTV dropping Newsmax uh, going to come up? We talked about it yesterday. Were you listening? Oh, you did? Okay. I'm oh, sorry. Man. Oh, you. boy, John. Yeah. You're in trouble now. You can go ahead and stay on the phone and get me your credit card number with that little three-digit code <laughs> on back. I will collect the necessary fine and put it in my pocket. Yeah. Okay. What, what about my pocket? Ah, the heck with that. Well, but I'm the host of the show. John, take care. Okay, thanks. Thank you. Bye. Oh, Lord. Oh, by the way, uh, I just wanted to, I just wanted to, I didn't want to be the uh, the only one not, not to be guilty of this. So uh, I've gone through my papers and I have several top secret folders uh, in my house. Uh, me too, you know? <laughs> just want to throw that out there. Uh, let me go to Dennis. Dennis, welcome. How are you? Doing pretty good, pretty good. Um, you know, did you read O.J.'s last book, O.J. Simpson? No, I didn't. 
He said that he did not murder Nicole Brown Simpson. But if he did, it was it would have been because he loved her. Just because you love somebody doesn't justify murder. No, but if he asked, if if this guy asked his wife, begged his wife, he was in pain. He didn't want to. He didn't want to go through this. And she said, "Okay, I will do this." Is it the same? I don't think it's the same as the OJ case. Uh, I, I can answer that question on a personal basis. My father mm. asked me to help him kill himself, and I, 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 I am not God. I am not God, and I'm not one of the avenging angels. No, it is not justifiable. Was he no terminally ill? Person could do it. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. He he did die. He died a painful death. He didn't want any pain meds because he, quote, didn't want to be a drug addict. The last week of his life, he accepted pain meds, took four, and passed away. But um, no, no, uh, it is not justifiable under any circumstances. And here, here's the question. I got a question for you. Let's say we let this woman out, and she, heaven forbid, does something terrible. Would you be willing to vouch for her and suffer like Damien and Pethius? Would you be willing to, to subject yourself and vouch for herself? And if she did it again, you serve her sentence. That is where it comes down to the uh, cutting bait or fishing. Yeah, I. you know what? I, I actually think that this woman is not a threat, and I wouldn't have a problem with that. All right. We lost him. Yeah, he didn't like that answer, I guess. I don't know. Uh, all right. Uh, callers, hang on the line. Clock is ticking. Brian's answering phones, and I'm going to get back to every one of you in just a couple of minutes. She killed him because she was asked by him to end the suffering. She, he wanted... It was going to be a murder-suicide, actually. You're the judge. What do you do with her? Gary Nolan Zimmer, Radio Network. It is uh, 10 minutes to 11, and it's the Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. And if you just turn the radio on, a 76-year-old woman at her husband's behest, he was dying, he was terminally ill, he was in prison, he wanted her to end his life. Uh, and in fact, uh, she did. And my question to you is, if you're the judge, and... I'm setting up a few things so that we can simplify the answer. We know that he wanted to die. We know that he wanted this to happen. She's in command of her faculties. He was 77. She's 76. He, she ended his life. You're the judge. What do you do with her? Uh, but let me uh, let me grab a couple of real quick messages from GaryNolan.com. Gary, Hubby, and I subscribe to the Epic Times. Uh, as you uh, and we find that it's a very uh, a valuable resource. However, we believe your pronunciation is uh, incorrect. It should be uh, Epoch. Uh, epoch. Uh, it, Carol, for three years, I've teased them about their pronunciation. They call it the Epic Times. I think you're right. That's the way it should be pronounced. Technically, the lady broke the law, so I would give her years of unsupervised probation. Uh, I, for one, wouldn't mind if my wife shoved a few extra Tylenol PMs down my throat if I was close to the end, but the speeding hunk of lead might be a bit much. <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree with that. 
Uh, let's head down to Springfield, and uh, Sharon is on the line. Well, Sharon, you're the judge. What do you do with her? I would give her probation. And uh, uh, anyone uh, who thinks they might be facing a situation like this, uh, if you have a disease, call or you're dying and you're in a lot of pain. Call in a lawyer. Make your wishes known. Make it legal. It won't. It won't make anything uh, make any difference in a court of law. But at least it will leave people knowing what your intent was. Yeah. Well, in I this case, been... in this case, what we suggested was that we do know that to be the case. All right, Sharon. Thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show, Glennon. Glennon, welcome. How are you? Good morning, Gary. I'm well. On a somewhat lighter note, I think I have the perfect argument to find her to be innocent in this case. Uh, we both know that the left is okay with any ridiculous statement, like you and I can be a nine-year-old Dutch barrel in the morning if we want to. <laughs> uh, so I think that she simply needs to declare that that hospital room was an extension of her womb, and then it's perfectly okay if she killed him. Oh, she had an abortion. <laughs> that, is a, that is a stretch, but boy, in the eyes of the left, that might just get her off the hook. You have a great day, Gary. All right, Glenn, and you too. Thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, Brian, what line was it you were telling me about? Two. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch and go in a different direction here. Callers, hang on. I'm going to get Bob on the line. Bob, good morning. How are you? I'm well, sir. Um, two thoughts. One about the woman. I think she'd be, she should be found guilty and serve in jail the length of time that it could have been estimated that her husband might have lived in the hospital before dying. Okay. So if he was going to be dead in a week, then she serves a week. But that's just, you know, a way to give her a penalty for doing what she did. The other thing I have to say is I'm a retired nurse. I had a doctor write a very specific morphine order for an elderly patient who was terminal. And he said, I want this order word for word to the floor nurse. And I believe that his opinion was she needs to go in peace because she's suffering. I wrote the order. I conveyed it word for word to the floor nurse, and I said, the doctor is very specific about this. He wants it exactly the way it's done. I think that's the way it should be handled. You know, it's, in my opinion, your body. You can do with it as you please. And if you want to depart this veil of tears, you should be able to do that. And if you need help, you should find there should yeah. be a way to accomplish that. Um, I, I think suffering needlessly, uh, it just doesn't seem necessary. Not, not today. We, we do it for our dogs. If we think a dog is terminal, why, why sit there and watch him moan and cry and whine when you know it's time for the dog to go? Why don't we do it for the people we love? If they, if who they, who ask for it, yeah. If if we can uh, find a way to know for sure that's what they want, mm -hmm. <clears throat> then we should be able to accomplish that. All right, Bob. Thank you very much for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. 
Uh, I'm going to get keep getting calls here. I'll go to Todd. Todd, good morning. How are you? Hi, Gary. How are you? I am well, thank you. Uh, thanks for uh, tackling this very tough subject. It's very tough. My grandmother lived to be 104. And when she was dying, she couldn't even scratch her head. And um, if people want to have somebody else kill them, they should be allowed. It's it's ridiculous. It's called a mercy killing. I mean, do people not remember Jack Kevorkian? Yeah, uh, I will say this. Uh, Kevorkian did it in a much more, uh, I would argue, peaceful way uh, than uh, shooting him in the head. <clears throat> which was kind of a sloppy thing. But then she didn't have a lot of resources, so I guess it made sense to her. I mean, if, uh, and, and I'm not going to take any more of your time, but the Native Americans, when their elders were sick, they would just leave them on a pyre just to die of the element. It's been happening for centuries. For for epochs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Todd, take care. Thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. And uh, David is next. David, good morning. How are you? I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Um, are you familiar with a case that's similar to that that already happened in Columbia years ago? Refresh my memory. Okay. Well, it's probably been, whew, it might have been 30 years ago, 25 30 years ago, maybe. Yeah, I wouldn't have known. Yeah, that. maybe not. Uh, well, there was a lady, I, I'm going to reveal a little bit here. I, I delivered her mail, um, and it was be shortly before I started doing that, but she had dementia, mild dementia, and her husband had it a bit more. And she did the exact same thing. Uh, she, she shot him, and she never served any jail time. And she was, she was a nice lady, uh, and she was was in the house alone. They, they were in the home alone together, and she did that, and uh, she never uh, was harmful to anybody else. And they didn't um, lock her up? They, maybe they did probation? not lock her up, and I never had any problems. She was always nice, and until she was had reached a point where they had to put her away in a nursing home, uh, the family took care of her, and... Um, she was right. fine. That's what. That's what Can I. Can you imagine how difficult it is, or it would be, to do what this woman did? How painfully difficult. All right, David, I got to run. Up against the clock. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. We'll wrap this topic up in about five minutes. If you want to stay on, we got that. And then, if you, oh, why would you not? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but then uh, we got a little stossel for you. This is the Gary Nolan Show.